When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. Joining me once again, my senior editor and writer, Jude Seymour, and the Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Fellas, I want to applaud any listener that listened to last week's podcast. If you made it all through, you had to want that. <laughs> And I just want to give a special shout out right away to those who made it all the way through. Congratulations. Uh, the case of you who was on its way. I had a couple of people uh, message me on Twitter asking if I was the reason, if my absence was the reason that the audio quality was so bad. Well, I was blaming you. So <laughs> I so I do want to apologize. What happened was, let's, let's straight up, I was up about 32 hours at that point. My wife kicked me out of the office and I was out in the foyer. And I literally, I thought my microphone was, it, it was plugged into my laptop, but I didn't go in and set, reset the settings. So it was basically me just shouting into the laptop, and then, <laughs> it, which I didn't know until I went to go mix it the next day. Cause by the time we were done recording, I'm like, I, I gotta go to bed. So I mixed it the next day, and when I was doing that, I'm like, holy shit, this sounds terrible. I am not a sound engineer. And so I thought I'd like, yeah, maybe I'll mess with this button and this this thing here and this thing here. And I'm pretty sure I made it worse. <laughs> and after like an hour of fucking with it, I was like, you know what? Hit send. I'm the hit send guy. Hit send. So Brendan, from from your end, you you could hear Josh fine, or was it? Weird I didn't. For you? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear anything weird from Josh. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh. It, it just. It was. It was sad. It was a. It was a good episode. That was a fun. That was a really fun episode. Uh. Really great uh, takes on uh on how to take out a gorilla. <laughs> so. I mean, the the people that listened all the way through, y'all wanted that, and I congratulate you for it. Uh, so, and again, because, uh, well, one of the things that made it such a fun episode was from a review. Now I don't have any tonight, but you guys can change that for the next time. If you get on over to Apple podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review, whatever review that you leave, I will read on the next OFT podcast without a shit ton of reverb. So we are looking for 
special kind of ratings just to like boost our egos. Brendan, what are we looking for, buddy? Uh, we are looking for those Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa earned five stars. Uh, soon to be Brandon Joseph earned transfer five stars. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Right? So, I think somebody, I think that was one of the comments, one of their subjects or subject titles was that. So, anyways. Uh, well, this has been a kind of a nonstop news slash no news uh, Notre Dame football offseason. It's been kind of it's been a strange one. Um, so I guess I'll I'll leave it to Jude to kind of kick, kick us off tonight on where we want to start at. There's multiple things we could we could we could dive into right off the bat. Uh, where do you want to start at tonight, Jude? Yeah, so I, I think, you know, obviously finally putting putting in the official announcements out for the running backs coach, Dylan McCullough and, uh, and tight ends coach, uh, Jared Parker. Um, but also the report that is probably, um, the least surprising news just based on the fact that we've known he's, he's, um, he had interviewed weeks ago and, and was offered the job. And that's that Al Golden, who's currently the tight ends coach or I'm sorry, linebackers coach for, um, for the Cincinnati Bengals is going to assume the defensive coordinator position and become Marcus Freeman's first full-time defensive coordinator starting for 2022 with the Irish. So I'm definitely interested in, in hearing your thoughts on, on that. And uh, I'll, I'll start it off with just sort of a, <laughs> a funny thing. Uh, I, I follow Tim Bray on uh, Twitter and uh, you know, Tim is a Notre Dame grad who's also uh, a lifelong SID for uh, for Clemson and recently retired and sort of like sort of like a loose emoji, a guy that I look up to or whatever. And he just had a very like navel gazing type uh, comment that said Al Golden, who what, who gave up 58 points to Clemson in the, when he coached in Miami in 2015. <laughs> And it really had nothing to do with anything uh, or 2000, maybe it was 2000, you know, 2012, I'm sorry, 2012. And uh, people jumped on him, but uh, you know, Tim is, Tim is good people, but I, uh, I don't think you will hold Al Golden's uh, Miami performance against him from, from nine years ago against, or 10 years ago against him for how he might no. be his defensive coordinator. Uh, for he, Even so. Samson jumped on him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, it was it was that solid of a of a tweet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tim. I just that's that's who Tim is, though. He like he sees things through the prism of Clemson and Notre Dame, you know. And it's just it made sense to him in his mind, and he then shared it with the general public, and it really didn't make a ton of sense. But uh, still, got a lot of love for for Tim despite his uh, random recollections of Clemson Miami <laughs> games from 2012. <laughs> 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 So, all right, let's talk. Okay, let's let's. So, let's talk about Al Golden. Um, I I I guess that none of this surprises us. Uh, even if you didn't have any, even if you're just a random fan, he's been really the only name mentioned over the last couple of weeks because it was starting to get more and more obvious this is what was going to happen because there was no news about anybody else, no interviews, right. nothing. You're just kind of waiting for the Bengals to get through their playoff run. And, and the funny thing was people were freaking out, like, you know, every, why can't he just do a Zoom meeting with, with Freeman? It was like and it was like, how do how do we tell people like this is this is a done deal? Like, there's no way Freeman waits 
for this long if he doesn't have at least some sort of verbal agreement with with Al Golden. Now things can change, you know, but well, he was, the good news Freeman is the must have been, Freeman must have been ninety nine percent sure he had his guy. That's why it was yeah. there was no aggressiveness in terms of finding a number two. Right, and the good news is there's there the most of the vetting's been done. Yeah, so no, the, the, he, no. had a, he had a, he had an interview on the the sixth in between the championship and the and the um in the Super Bowl that people like didn't want to I don't know exact acknowledge that happened, but like it totally it totally was he was it was right. signed sealed and delivered like he just he hadn't put pen to paper and said yeah I'm coming. And as if, I mean, some of you listen to this podcast right now, it's either happened or is about to happen here in just a little bit. You know, Notre Dame's having a, Marcus Freeman has a press conference uh, today at 2.30 and then assistant coaches at five. I don't think Al Golden's going to be there, Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me either. Like I think that their vetting has been, they've had enough time to do it. I think, I think they might be in the clear, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold my breath that if he's there or not, but the timing of it, like Notre Dame doesn't, Notre Dame has been kind of just dropping these uh, press conferences off. And it's like, Oh, which is like, it's funny. Like what? Like look, go look at the Notre Dame websites and the interviews for the players and all that. Like all these happen like in a two hour window on a Friday and man, they will make sure that these stories are lasting. I, I don't understand the, I don't understand the whole newspaper mentality, but anyways, um, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if, if somehow he did show up. I would not expecting it to, I, but I wouldn't be surprised just because they announced today that they were going to have a press conference tomorrow. I mean, why would you, why would you hold one and not have him there if you're going to have your assistant coaches available? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there, there's certainly, uh, yeah. I guess we'll find out. We will soon. We yeah. will soon know. Yeah, people. I guess, it makes I, sense. People listen to it this. It's, it's doesn't matter. The matter. It's either happened or hadn't happened. Uh, right. As we record this on uh, late Tuesday night. So I mean, I just quick thoughts about Golden. Uh, here's a few. No, number one, I was actually pretty excited about Belk uh, because as a young up and comer, but I also did like the narrative because college football is just is narrative driven. I did like the narrative of. Um, an African-American coordinator with an African-American coach. The staff is very diverse. Um, and for a school like Notre Dame that, I mean, let's be honest, over the, has continually got beat up with negative recruiting and the returns of diversity and culture with recruits as far as their campus goes. To have a, a more diverse staff helps you out so much more in recruiting because – it's just it's easier easier to relate to, and that negative recruiting of 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 all, it's harder to do. People are still going to do it, it without question. Negative recruiting is going to happen regardless. But it did intrigue me. But I mean that was that that wasn't a total a total sale for me or a whole sell for me. Uh, but with Al Golden, what you get is something that I think uh, the three of us and. You know, Greg, you know, when we have our our private conversations, I'll make it public. You know, the concern for a, a veteran hand, uh, so, you know, it, on the in the group, Get, you know, the youth is great and it's a ton of energy. But you kind of want that. You know, he stand maybe is a little more veteran 
that <laughs> on the spectrum, you're you're looking to, to go down a little bit. Uh, but just kind of having a veteran head guy who's been a head coach before, just maybe just another person to bounce an idea off that's been in those shoes. It's, it's not a huge thing. Plus, Al Golden is a very capable coach. Yeah. And I think the I think the important thing for for us was allowing Marcus Freeman to be a head coach and not be the head coach that's the defensive coordinator and then getting everything screwed up. Because I think we've seen that in the past where, you know, the head coach is too heavy handed into one side or the other and it messes up the the balance on the team. It messes up a lot, you know, some things here and there. So being able to, to have a, a veteran handle a defense, I think is very important uh, for Freeman and what is now a, a really new, Top to bottom staff, you know, Freeman and and Reese notwithstanding, or Mike Mickens, I suppose, but I know Larry, but I mean, this is it's a pretty. There's a lot of names here. None of us were expecting uh, when the whole Kelly thing happened. So Al Golden, that's I think is a solid hire. I think people flipping out about his head coaching record in Miami. You're, I, I think you're missing the point. Parking uh, <laughs> you're you're completely missing the point. We didn't hire Al Golden to be the head coach in Notre Dame. We hired him to be defensive coordinator. That's a major difference. I think a couple of things for Al Golden that kind of stand out for me is that um, his time in Cincinnati, I think, was well spent for what we're going to need him for because um, he wasn't the defensive coordinator, but he did have to work under a young first time head coach and Zach Taylor. So there's some familiarity in working with somebody who's just coming into his own at the position of head coach, which I think is, is kind of important, right? I would, I would think that that's something where um, he has experience doing that. He has experience. Well, it certainly takes that ego part stuff kind of, pushes that off to the side. I mean, if, if he has an ego at this point, um, I would be very surprised. <laughs> I, well, there, there, uh, I think BVG still has an ego. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Ego still exists regardless of results. The, the thing I, I think I like as well is I don't think that he was dealt a particularly good hand when he inherited the job of linebackers coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, that was a position when he inherited the job, um, I mean, the, the Bengals had one of the worst linebacking cores in professional football. And if you watch the Super Bowl, if you watch the Bengals playoff run, basically they've been in a playoff run for like the last, you know, eight, uh, seven weeks of their season. I think they were six and five at one point. Um, but if you look at the play of Logan Wilson, uh, who's a linebacker for Cincinnati, he was absolutely electric and was a monster. Uh, at the position. Uh, Jermaine Pratt was fantastic as well down the stretch. I think uh, Logan Wilson actually led the team in interceptions. Um, Pratt had a key pick. Uh, Logan Wilson had a key pick against the uh, Titans. Um, it's, uh, I think, or I think Pratt had a pick against a uh, game winning pick against the Raiders. Um, and then both of those guys played well above, you know, their pay grade and I think that that's a testament to the job that um, Al Golden did coaching the linebackers for the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I think that that was a position that would have been a weakness and down the stretch, um, you know, probably, especially in the playoffs, was a strength of that Bengals defense that really showed up. 
Um, you can't fault the Bengals for the outcome of the the Bengals defense for the outcome of the game. Um, you know, how were they supposed to know that, um, you know, Matt Stafford could throw no look passes. <laughs> so um, I really like the way that the, the Bengals linebackers played, um, especially down the stretch. And I think that that you have to sort of tip the cat to the whoever's the linebackers coach was. And it was Al Golden. So uh, that's something that I find pretty heartening. Um, for me, which is, and, a, which is important too, because we're, he's going to be Notre Dame's linebackers coach too. I mean, that's, yeah, he's going to be Notre yeah. Dame's linebackers coach as well. So, and Notre Dame, last I checked, they have like 13 linebackers, uh, signed in the, the last two classes. And they're sitting good for a lot of them in 2023 too. And the, I guess the final point for me on, um, Al Golden is he's, famously credited uh, as being a dog on the recruiting trail. I believe his quote was something along the lines of, um, you know, he's going to recruit, um, you know, as long as, uh, what was it? The uh, uh, Denny's or IHOP, one of those two uh, remain open and they're open 24 seven. So he's a guy that's going to be, um, willing what are you? What are you more comfortable with? Are you more comfortable with them using the Denny's analogy or the IHOP analogy? Which one um, gives you more confidence in him as I think, I think IHOP. I think Waffle House would have been better. Or, you know what? No, no, you're right. It was it was Waffle House, Jude. Was uh, it? Wa- it was Waffle House. I think, okay. Uh, let me get the exact quote. It, it was uh, Waffle. It makes House. a difference. It makes a difference. Uh, yeah, just don't just don't yeah. take your hash browns straight up. He goes. His motto is we stop recruiting when Waffle House closes and Waffle House never closes. So that is that is something that I'm uh, keyed in for, too. And that fits the mold of the kind of guy that Marcus Freeman's trying to put on the staff is guys who are willing to put in the time and work on the recruiting trail. And for your defensive coordinator under Marcus Freeman, whoever was going to be that D.C., I mean, Marcus is going to expect them to recruit at a high level because Marcus is, you know, recruited at a high level. So uh, just just slight pushback, okay? I mean, obviously he did great for recruiting classes at Miami, but it has been seven years, seven seasons since he's been in the college space. Yeah. So a lot's changed in seven seasons, the transfer portal, NIL, I'm not saying he can't adapt. I'm just saying that I it might take a minute. It might take, it might take a minute. Yeah. It might take a minute. And, and, and obviously recruit, and I, the caliber of guy you're recruiting in Notre Dame is different than the caliber of guy but, you're, you're recruiting But I guess that's, that's the difference between Al Golden being the defensive coordinator for Marcus Freeman, as opposed to Al Golden being the defensive coordinator for Brian Kelly, where it's going to, it's going to take Al Golden a minute to catch up. Freeman's already going to have you there. You know what I'm saying? Like Kelly's going to be behind you, pushing you, or Freeman's ahead of you, pulling you towards that goal. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like you're there. You're there. You're not going to have much slip because he's not going to allow it. Where Kelly would have been on the golf course. I mean, you, you catch my drift a lot. Like, not. To, I I totally agree with you about the concern there of like it's going to take a minute, but I feel he's in a better position to to catch up and get on the right track because of the recruiting culture that Marcus Freeman's trying to put in place at Notre Dame and has been putting in place at Notre Dame. So maybe that, maybe that helps it out a little bit, smooths it out, 
smooths out those waffle irons a little bit. And Marcus is going to want his system too, which is nice for um, Golden as well, because you know it's going to be. And Freeman's already said that he wants whoever comes in to. I mean, Al Golden would have had to have already acquiesced to all of this, but he's going to want whoever comes in to adapt to the terminology and um, verbiage that the players are accustomed to, instead of trying to change everything wholesale. So, which, if you think about it, is still. This is still heavily Mike Elko influence, <laughs> right? Right, because right? the verbiage and the and all that, a lot of that started with the sh- with the change from BVG to Elko, and ever since then they've tried to keep things. Even you know, even when Freeman came in, like just position names for you know, like Rover. So the, Mike Elko still influenced Notre Dame after one one season with the Irish. So, Brendan, I just I read Ashton's uh, tweet as this the motto for Al Grow, not Al Golden. No, that's Al uh, Golden. I don't know. I got a 2003 article here that says the Waffle House has never closed. Al Go- Grow and Company was hot in the trail. More high school talent this week. Well, was it Al Golden with Grow at Virginia? Yes, but it's who the motto is, right? Who's who made the quit? Oh, I mean, it was an Al. It wasn't right. You can call you can call it Al. Yeah, I mean, it was an Al. So let's we'll let's just to, we'll have to get some clarification is, from Ashton about her tweet. So I listen, Jude. I I think it's fair to say Notre Dame is is well known for lore and conversations that maybe didn't actually happen. <laughs> I say we, I, I say in that spirit, we just roll with it. This is this is our Gipper, the Waffle House. Okay. <laughs> oh shoot, man, Al Gro. I haven't even thought Al Gro in like at least six months. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, Al Gro was one. Al Gro was one of my dudes growing up because he was uh, he was on the he was the Giants uh, linebackers coach during uh, their, one of their Super Bowl runs. How did so. you feel about him being other Jets? Wow. By that point, he'd already he'd already served his purpose, right? So. Served his purpose, yeah. I liked Al Grow at UVA, but yeah, see, there ten seasons. What, what, that was a long time. What 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 did Grow with the what he the head coach during with that big uh, Tiki Barber upset of Florida State in Charlottesville? Wasn't Grow the head coach then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a huge game. That was a big upset. I mean, that might have been like that was that was during like prime Bobby Bowden, Florida state ACC run. Like, like before some of you kids were even born. So <laughs> speaking of, speaking of being born, you know, something that's bothering me all day, Jude. No idea. Like Brendan, how old are you, buddy? You're 37. You're 37. Okay. So, we don't need to talk about the Super Bowl or the Super Bowl halftime show, which was amazing. I loved it. But I do want to say this. There was one particular tweet that's been out, and I don't know if it's because because I have a an issue with this person, personal like not on a personal level, but I just like barf at half of his tweets, and that's Roger Sherman. Oh. No, it's Roger Sherman. 
Oh, he's 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 muted from my timeline. I don't. I don't so so his so. tweet his tweet not only did it go viral, but it, it was you know cropped, copy pasted, and put all over Instagram and and Facebook. And he was saying basically, what the fuck? What I don't even know. I now I don't even know what it was. It, something about the eighty-five to ninety babies finally got their Super Bowl thing or halftime show, and I'm like, you were fucking seven. When no, 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 no. It doesn't matter what he said because he's right. He's wrong, though. <laughs> no, he's, he's wrong. right. The only song, so, the only spirit, song is wrong. No, he is right because the only song that they performed at that halftime show that was written before the year 2000 was California was wasn't even his song. Right. It was I, I, I still don't like it. I still don't like it. But it was you were right. seven years. You were maximum seven years no, old when the because chronic I was cried. I was in high school when 2001 yeah, came out, and when Eminem, came, you know, I was gonna say, lose yourself was from from the movie and yeah. Eight Mile, and that came out what 2003. All of the songs see, performed were either in 2000 but from 2000 to 2003, which is my high school. Snoop and Drake, not Snoop and Dre do not belong to that. That is that is the chronic. That is doggy style. That is the only the only reference to doggy style was in in the little house pod that they had. They had the doggy style Snoop transforming into a dog gif on like a picture frame. Other than that, everything they did. I don't like I don't like this age appropriation of Snoop and Dre by Roger Sherman, who was seven years old when the chronic dropped. If he was born in if he was born in 1985 wrong because they it was the I don't care for it 2001 they didn't they didn't play uh anything like from you, the chronic like you don't know that life you 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 we ate the same we ate the same you weren't in high school when the chronic dropped that was but with chronic doggy style that whole shit listen, all, all that listen, shit hit if they played nothing if they played game. nothing but a g thing if they played nothing but a g thing i would understand what you you were saying but they played still dre and they play Right. Forgot they about Dre. Forgot about Dre. But if they rolled out like the fucking, I mean, you too just dropped a new album. What last year the Apple made everybody fucking listen to, but that's not like anybody bored in like 2007. I mean, what the fuck? But, you know what I'm saying? But they were still playing the hits off Joshua tree. It's not like they came out playing their free Apple I just, iPods. Uh, I don't, tracks. I just say it. I don't, I don't like the age appropriation of Snoop and Dre. They are not for the '80s babies. They're for the '70s babies. They just they just kept going because they're legends. They, just say it. They, they played nothing except their their millennial hits uh, around the year 2000. Just saying. What I don't like is I thought you were going to do it right. Is they why was Kendrick Lamar there? I don't understand that. That was the worst part of the show. It should have been Exhibit, and you can't change my mind about that. Everybody was just saying Exhibit. Yeah, well, I, I missed Kendrick's well, part. Did he actually sing one of his songs? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. And it was, what ba- it, was it was dumb. It was no, I don't think so. I, don't, I didn't. I didn't care for it. It it ruined the it Listen, ruined the the time pod I, of which it was. I went and saw digital digital underground at Pierre's in Fort Wayne, like in 1999, and I got a I got a hologram Tupac. At Pierre's in Fort Wayne in 1999. You telling me in the year 2022 in SoFi Stadium, I couldn't have got a hologram Tupac? 
the fuck? I could have got a ho- better yet. I couldn't have got a hologram easy. E. Shame, shame. I, Kendrick's part must have been very quick, <laughs> or I turned to, or I went to the bathroom or something. I just do not uh, remember. They're all about they're all about equal. I mean, honestly, well, it's fine. It's fine. Should have I like Mary J. Blige. I like, I loved Mary J. Blige. I like ups, I like Upside Down, Fifty Cent. I like Brendan making should, fun of Brian Kelly upside down as Fifty Cent. I would I well, I would have rather them not had Fifty there and brought Method Man to do like every to do Method Man and then roll into uh, his song with Mary J. That would have been fucking live. Uh, but I don't know. Method Man is a little better. Who hasn't performed at the halftime show that really should? Who who are we really missing at this point? They're all dead. ODB. ODB. ODB is the only one that you could have not trusted. He would have been. He would have been the one that would have gone out there and <laughs> blow Flavor up. Flavor Flav can't be trusted. Flavor Flav can't be trusted either, and it's fantastic. <laughs> Flavor Flav and ODB out there at the stage at the same time would have been the greatest Super Bowl halftime show of all time. That was pretty good, though. I, I you mean Dirt McGurk? <laughs> Osiris, whatever you need. <laughs> Which whatever you want to lay on him, uh, the legend. Uh, but no, I, it was fantastic. I enjoyed, I enjoyed people enjoying themselves, uh, besides the Roger Sherman thing. Uh, I enjoyed the people that were bitching about it because it just makes me feel like I'm a better person than them. I guess Jay-Z, right, is probably the, the biggest person who hasn't performed at the halftime show, but he's made it pretty clear he doesn't want to perform at the halftime well, show. Well, right? his wife did. They yeah. were, he was going to the year that Maroon 5 performed was supposed to be Jay-Z and Beyonce. Um, but the Kaepernick situation, from what I, and this is just from what I remember, had uh, they had they end up backing out or decided they didn't want to, want to be a part of it. He has some great lines in uh, Ape Shit, the Carter song about that. He says, uh, "I said no to the Super Bowl. You need me. I don't need you. Yeah. At night, we in the end zone. Tell the NFL we in stadiums too." Yeah, yeah. They flashed over to Jay about. 20 times during that performance. So <laughs> it, it does crack me up like watching them pan through the crowd. And it's just like nothing but celebrities and, and all that. The, like, I'm so glad we go through an entire NFL season to, so the celebrities have a chance to come together and enjoy football for, for once in their life. My wife says Sarah Jessica Parker was reading a book at the Super Bowl. What was she reading? Seabiscuit. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> uh, I did. Uh, I did enjoy uh, Jesse Bates getting an interception for uh, for Fort Wayne. Have you seen? Have you seen the tattoo in his arm? I'm just. I'm just super really glad that Ben Skoranek wasn't uh, the speaking of Fort Wayne projects wasn't yeah. the uh, the goat for having that interception tip off his hands. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, a lot of Fort Wayne references uh, uh, during the Super Bowl. Uh, ben Skoranek aside, who the classic line from Al Michaels, uh, <laughs> they're gonna need Ben Skoranek to to really step up is not the words that you would thought you were gonna hear in a Super Bowl. Um, but I was I was gonna shout out to Jesse Bates for having a uh, Fort Wayne tin caps tattoo on his arm. He's got a 
he's got the courthouse and all that from the from the city on there. But uh, someone made a comment he might be the only player in Super Bowl history to have a minor league baseball tattoo on his arm. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, and by the way, I, I, yeah, we can't we can't move on without me saying it. Uh, the state of Ohio got getting screwed because it wasn't just the defensive holding call. The first one, it was the fact that on that very play, the left tackle for the Rams was a fucking false start. That whole sequence of events should have never have happened because it was a false start. It was about the only penalty they were calling all night anyways before that. Yet oh, you mean other, other than the fact that, um, you know, uh, T Higgins grabs a man, Jalen Ramsey by the face and yanks his head around and like Beetlejuice spins at 360. They're playing ball. Yeah. That was weird. The refs, the refs let him play ball till the end. Yeah, they sure did. That that linebacker had great coverage on that. Was it Cooper cup that they got the, did he get the, the defensive pass interference against? He had great coverage. You know what I'm Uh, talking about? No, no, no. Talk about, talk about Jalen Ramsey and, uh, and T Higgins. Yeah, no, I I know about that, but I'm talking about the um, fourth down or fourth quarter, maybe third and goal, and the guy just played it perfectly, jumped in front of a Cup, knocked the pass away, and they called him for def- I think it was defensive holding. Holding, yeah, he just gra- he grazed him, grazed him. <sighs> I thought it was great coverage. I really thought it was great. It was. Coverage, so. it, it was. Ask Michael Felder; he'll tell you the same. Um, yeah, it was a. Uh, that was a, that was a cold uh, Ohio against the world moment. That that final hosing there. I don't know. It was it was a it was a good Super Bowl. It's kind of a kind of a weird one, I guess. In my, you know, to, to watch uh, Beckham go out early. Yeah, blew his uh, knee too. Yeah, oh, that yeah. that that looked terrible. So I don't know. Another Khalid Kareem. Didn't get the ring. Bennett Skronik does. I, I don't know what world I'm living in. <laughs> I mean, the tin caps are going to have something to celebrate this summer, right? Oh, dude, I'm telling you, the only reason I know that, that funny thing, is because all the Fort Wayne sites on Facebook were just blowing up on that. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, that's a fucking huge tattoo on his forearm. It's huge. So, shout out to him. Snyder grad, shout out to you. Um. All right. Oh, speaking of linebackers, Notre Dame got another commitment from another linebacker. Their 2023 class just, they are totally set on recruiting like eight linebackers and one wide receiver. Um, Preston Zinner, who is now going to be labeled as lacrosse pro linebacker. Uh, (laughs) Does Harrison Leonard really give up that title? I don't know. Don't care. Uh, but I mean, but he's lacrosse pro kicker. This is lacrosse yeah. pro linebacker. What was Jack Cohn lacrosse pro uh, quarterback? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, he was a fully full on lacrosse pro quarterback. <laughs> I, so this is a commitment that was kind of Luke was received in a lukewarm fashion across uh, the Notre Dame f- fan base and media. And it's kind of funny where we've come around to. It's a four-star linebacker, damn near top 300. And a lot of years prior, five years, go back five years ago, this would be a celebration. I mean, Notre Dame has recruited some great linebackers, right? 
talking about high school fucking uh, Buckus Award winners, making them into real Buckus Award winners. They've done pretty well, but still, it's it's kind of like a hot and cold kind of a thing. Zinner would have been, you know, a kind of a prize guy early in a class, and it, he kind of got a lukewarm reception. I like him a lot. Like I, like the the more the more and more I think about it, and the funny thing is, is I like him more after I read Tim Priester's film review, and I don't understand why he shit on him for ten minutes in the Irish Illustrated podcast compared to what I kind of read uh, from some of that film review. Like I, I, the guy I made the Greg has made the comparison to Rocky Boyman, which I love, but I also made another comparison of my own. And that was, he's just a little bit shorter. Troy Nicholas, meaning this guy is just kind of one of those ass kickers. I, I mean, sign me up. I mean, what are you going to hit? A, are you going to hit like a, a five star on all 25 of your commitments class? No, you need some role players, some ass kickers. I'm going to sign up lacrosse bro linebacker here as one of those ass kickers. Like this is the guy who's going to start some shit in my mind. So. Brendan, do you got anything about that? No, I mean, other than just, um, I, I guess I don't understand why, why they decided to make the, the decision, why there wasn't more pushback for it. I guess pushback isn't really their jam, but um, yeah, I, I don't understand how you can't be excited about signing a kid who's good, uh, regardless of the position. Would I have been more excited if he would have been a uh, wide receiver ranked? You know, yeah, but what, those of course, course, but he's, sure. But he's not. I mean, this is a good football player right. um, playing at a position that <clears throat> we almost refuse to recruit for the better part of, you know, three years, two years, two years, just refuse to two recruit years. it for two about years. two years. Um, yeah. How about, how about we be excited about getting good players, how, getting good players. How about, is being, good. how about being excited that he was the commit that puts you back into the number one spot. Notre Dame's not going to end up with the number one recruiting class in the country this year, but, but they are right now. And you're building on it. You, you so I'm working on my list. I got, I'm going to make a 25 player list. We got nine commitments right now. I got to fill it out to get up to 25. I'm going to hit that class calculator and see where their scores are at compared to the last year's. I did it a lot last year, the beginning of the cycle. It's a, it's a fantasy. It's a fiction. It's not going to happen, but it, when you look at it right now, like a lot of this looks good. It just Notre Dame is recruiting at a higher level than they have been. And they're in on a lot of kids. I mean, it's just this thing. This is going to take some time. And honest to God, with with the NIL stuff, you just don't know. You know, and, and a guy like Keon Keeley, who has blown up as a five star and is everybody wants him. That's just a guy that's you lead for pretty much right now. And that's not a knock on him. But I mean, he he's going to have he has everybody gunning for him. That's just it's just that's going to be a, a tough one to get to finish up with a signature. You just know that you're sitting in a, in the better position right now is all, uh, you know, we got Brennan Vernon, who's now the number one player in the state of Ohio, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I don't foresee, do you foresee Ohio state uh, relinquishing uh, recruiting? No, 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 no. 
do you do you see Ohio State just being like, well, Notre Dame's got them signed up. Let's uh, let's call it in, huh? No, 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 no. That's 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 another one. Battle to I mean, Drake Bowen right now is the only one that I have as a lock. Yeah, that I mean, he seems in. Notre Dame. Notre Dame <clears> through and through. Like he's yeah, he's okay. on that Lunix Lunix where like anything could happen to Notre Dame's right. staff and Hit he's it. still coming. I would say Bowen and Cooper Flanagan are are mortal locks right now. Everyone else, you're you're that's committed. You're still leading for because it's fucking February. But if you look up and down their offer list, and I think I, I can't, I'm not sure whether I'll, I guess I can look here, but I think they're sitting maybe like around 130 offers, 138 offers. They generally go around 180, 180 to 190 offers on average. So you still got. Still got a big handful to hand out for a class that you're probably going to need to sign around 25 kids. And that's the magic number, right? Getting up to around 25 helps you in those those team rankings that don't really mean anything, but they look nice. This is going – this is well on its way to be in the year where Notre Dame probably finishes maybe like – say like a – they can finish a three, which is a great spot for Notre Dame. Not saying they will – but they are on track right now to probably to maybe finish with the number three recru- ranked recruiting class, and that's that's a big deal. And that's where you want to be because that's that means that your your blue chip ratio is good. It means yeah. that like you know you're right in there and you're doing it hopefully you know in the face of whatever sort of nonsense is coming down the pipe with you know nil. Yeah. Uh, with, with Tennessee, just you know, I don't know if you saw the story in the Athletic, but they're like, "Yep, where it's uh, it's it's uh, it's all open season recruiting, huh?" Listen, when Charlie Batch is offering Caleb William a million dollars to go to Eastern Michigan, NIL is all on my car. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like uh, apparently a million dollars wasn't good enough to go to to go to Ipsy. So he's gonna have to pay. He's gonna have. It's gonna have to pay. Jason Abniola is gonna have to make Caleb Williams pay uh, for choosing LA over Ypsilanti. I think uh, the offensive line that he's going to be playing with is going to uh, make them pay enough. <laughs> yeah, so it's all good vibes right now with recruiting, um, and we'll we'll see how that that all goes. Wide receivers still is a giant need, and outside of uh, five star Carnell Tate. There's not a whole lot of like <clears throat> even slight leans towards Notre Dame at this point. Like there's, there's just not. So you're you really hope that they make some progress uh, with some of these guys. I know um, uh, there's uh, like Braylon James at a four star out of Texas, top top 80 kid. Uh, he's got an official visit coming up soon. I mean, those are guys that you have to start really honing in on. Um, We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I'm, I'll get that that uh, class calculator fantasy list up. Um, I'll make it about as legit as I can. Uh, we'll see what goes. But the blue chip ratio, I'm glad you mentioned that, is really off the chart. Notre Dame was 85%, I think, last class. Uh, and I th- I think as a team last year, they were, what were they, around 65? Is that where, is that where Elliot had them at? Yeah, sounds about right. Right around that mark. So you're recruiting above your current blue chip ratio, which is a, shows you that you're solidly improving your your roster with your recruiting classes. So 
that's it. Not much more you can say about that other than that's a really good thing. Uh, any other news we need to talk about? I don't think so. Uh, I think I think that pretty much clears up. I mean, the big news obviously was was Al Golden. Um, yeah. Other than that, how about uh, NFL Combine invites? Did you guys talk about that last week? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You. But what are your thoughts, though, Jude? Were you were you surprised Kevin Austin got an invite? No. No, I, th- okay. I think Kevin Austin should have gotten an invite. Um, I, I, you know, huge opportunity for him. He really, really, really needs to have an outstanding. Really needs it, yeah. Combine because he doesn't really have much on tape. Uh, you can um, just make it up with a fast four years pro day, right? No. <laughs> nope. No. So, um, how about Nick Lazinski going to join Clark Lee at Vanderbilt? Oh yeah, that's. Did you guys talk about that. No, we didn't. That's no, I don't. No, we didn't. I I can't think of anything more obvious than that. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Jude. Ooh. I took some heat from the from the. I got to think of a new name for these Facebookers, who took exception to me call saying. Uh, you mean the Meta Knights? The Meta Knights. Yeah. As far as Lazinski being coach, literally people out of the woodwork screaming at me that he was just an analyst. Obviously not having any understanding about what Lazinski meant to the team as a fucking coach it was like he wasn't in there crunching spreadsheets. He was doing the thing. He was coaching these guys. And it's a I think it's a big loss for Notre Dame, one that they can make up for, I'm sure. But, you know, this is a huge opportunity for Lazinski, who went from just a grad assistant to a position coach in the SEC. So. That's a, I think that's a huge thing. Um, obviously, Clark Lee likes him a lot, and hopefully, why we'll do, know one day. Why, why do people get so weird about gatekeeping? That's a weird thing to gatekeep. I don't. I think so too. I think it's just, and it, it's funnier because them not understanding what all these analyst roles are. Not just in Notre Dame, but across the country. You know what I mean? Like these are these, guys are these people jumping into brian driscoll's mentions and also yelling at him and saying you're not a coach anymore so why do you call yourself coach d no it's very <laughs> difficult it's very difficult to do that jude because you'll get blocked <laughs> blocked. Okay. blocked. I, I mean I, I don't i don't i don't follow him so but i mean but like, i mean just to your credit and even to his it's the same point like like what what's the what is the big deal like wh- like why why does that bother you it, is it only I think the, the I think the only thing that, that's I only think the only thing that's weird is that what Deion Sanders said, which is like the members of the media should call me coach. I, I just I don't agree with that. But like that is fuck that is stupid. You know, it, yeah. If you want to call co- Coach Lazinski or not call him Coach Lazinski, that that's fine. I really don't think that that's big of a deal. Like people call me. I think it's weird when people call me by my uh, my my title, like they're, when they're like commissioner. I'm like, uh, Jude's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna start calling you commissioner. That's <laughs> that's fine. That's that's the that's the new I mean, title on the uh, that's literally the podcast. Title. That's literally my All right, title. Well, so well, that's your new that you are not a uh, senior writer editor. You're the commish. <laughs> the commish, the chief inspector. We got we got it going on now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. you know, and by the way, uh, Philip Goff. Uh, contributor here at One Foot Down, been a staff writer for us for a long time. Played at Holy Cross. Guess who coached him and recruited him at Holy Cross? Luzinski. Coach Luzinski. Yep, knows him real well. 
super excited for him, and he should be. I mean, this this the athletic did. I mean, the athletic Pete Sampson did a a really big feature on Lazinski. Was it last summer or two summers ago? His name's been hot for a while. As far yeah. he was ready. And do you remember the whole like? Too pay Tommy Rees. Do you remember like the whole like thing where yeah. like, for a hot minute, everybody was on going to Twitter. Like Nick Lazinski got as much heat as any person who was right. Thinking about sticking around. So yeah. If it wasn't for Lazinski's ties to Notre Dame, like, like his loyal, like his honestly God loyalty and love for the school, he probably would have already been gone for another, for a positional job already, but stick it. I mean, but stick it around in a place that you know and love and still, still improving your stock, you know, is a good thing too. And now he's like Vanderbilt he's may not win a lot of games, but they've damn, they've got a really interesting staff. They've got a really interesting staff. They, I am, I am really curious about Vanderbilt in the over the next two to three years. I, I'm still disappointed. A school like Vanderbilt in Kansas don't go the triple option route. But, but I mean. Defensively, it should, it should it should be a team that'll be at least solid. Uh, we'll we'll see what they do. I mean, just, they're they're just in a tough spot. Uh, but you're right. You're, they do have a very interesting staff. Um, it'd be, it's gonna be fun to see. At least they're in the East. I mean, it's I don't know. Uh, yeah, so you know, hey, congratulations to to Coach Lusinski getting that getting that big job promo. That's huge. Uh, congratulations to Mike Elston for not becoming the DC at Michigan. <laughs> you're, you're probably better off. At this, point. he gets to be a recruiting coordinator too, which is what he loves to do, right? <laughs> yeah. I just before we move on, I I guess I I want to. I brought it up, and I know we've talked about it just a little bit here and there, but Brennan, starting with you, I just kind of I, – I think we just keep mentioning it on each podcast like afterwards. Like This staff that Notre Dame is, has right now is so different to the one that we thought we were bringing back <laughs> with the Marcus Freeman hire. Like, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Like, are you are you happy with the changes, or you wish so and so would have stayed, or, or or anything like that? Like, do you think this is going to be a better staff moving forward, or are they going to take a little bit of a step back from what we had um, as far as the assistant roles go? So, the staff that uh, we thought we were getting, <laughs> the only people being retained at their position um, since Brian Kelly. Um, Went to LSU is Tommy Reese, offensive coordinator, Mike Mickens, cornerback coach, and Chris O'Leary, safeties, right? Right. Everything else is entirely brand new. There's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven new coordinators or position coaches. That's that's a lot of turnover. And I, I think one of the things that kind of worried me about a first time head coach, and I think I mentioned this when there was talk of like, who are we going to get to replace Brian Kelly? And I was a little bit leery at Freeman at first because I was like, it's very difficult for these first time head coaches to build a staff. Because um, 
you know, a lot of times they don't really know who to grab, can't get the people they want to grab. There's not a, a unified vision of what they want to grab, and, it, and it's very difficult to put this, you know, put a staff together. Um, now, having said that, as it's all sort of turned out, um, I, I'm not. I don't hate. I don't hate it. Um, I like the fact that Chancey Stuckey and um, Dell McCullough are all recruiting, at least offensively recruiting gurus. I like Al Washington for the same reason. He's got a lot of, um, you know, experience at both Michigan and then Ohio state. Um, and then I like the fact that Gerald Parker is a former offensive coordinator in his own right, coaching tight ends. Um, and he's a young guy as well. So, I like what Marcus Freeman's done. Uh, the, the only uh, is is Harry Heastan and Al Golden the only two guys over forty on the staff. Is that right? No. Um, Al Washington's forty three. Is that right? Al, Al Washington's forty three. Still very young staff. Um, it, it's going to be recruiting focus. So if if this the, the way that this staff is put together, um, they better recruit. Right, they better recruit. Oh uh, yeah, that, that's, oh, that's you know what, what Run DMC's got to be over forty too, right? Run DMC, yeah. run uh, Dylan. I, I, Dylan, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's forty. We understand the reference. Yeah. So um, they got Taryn McFadden. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, well, one name that we haven't mentioned. I don't think we've. I think we glazed over it maybe a couple podcasts ago. Um, speaking of coaches uh, that are 37. Sorry. Yeah. He's young. Uh, speaking of coaches that are gratis, that are analysts, uh, Chris Watt. Are you going to face? Hey, Facebookers, you can tell me Chris Watt and ain't going to be a coach. His Twitter bio literally says assistant offensive line coach. <laughs> what are you, you going to say about that? Which is, so we have, we haven't brought, I don't think we have brought up Watt, but that's pretty much the play that we saw that was supposed to happen, right? He stand comes recruiting. in, Watt, Watt comes in behind him. It's a it's a real stuff. it's a real Pippin Freddy scenario, where uh, you know he stands going to do the flapping and uh, um, Watt's going to do the mapping. Do you think Watt comes out for the uh, media interviews and plays for Eastland? <laughs> like, I would love it if that happened, because that would at least seal the deal. Like, we, you know where things stand. Like, Harry's here for two years to get shit back the way it was, and then Watt takes over. But it's just like, that would seal it. If he has any media availability, I would be shocked. Uh, but at the same time... I guess it would be shocked in that my brain hasn't switched over to the Marcus Freeman era where media availability is seemingly anyone and everyone. Yeah, they're just throwing them out. It's like, here, here, here's 10 guys on a Friday. Here's have fun. Here's, here's coordinators. Here's coordinator access. Here's, a here's position stories for you guys access. to run for the next two weeks. Have, have a good time with that. Jared Parker is 41. No, he's a. You're still young. Oh, when you're 41, right, guys? So he stand. These guys are much more accomplished than I am, and I'm. He stand. Bayless, is, McCullough, and Parker are all over 40. 
Are you sure he stands over 40? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, is he collecting that NFL pension yet? He might be. Uh, he's, I think he's older than Brian Kelly, too, right? Holds Brian now. Our, our Last act. I saw Kelly, he, he was hanging 60. upside down like like 50 Cent. <laughs> like 50 Cent in all purple. <laughs> yeah. He stands 63. What are we going to do to celebrate Matt Bayless's uh, passing the Brimley line in about 350 days? About a year. Year's time. Is that coming with, up? Are you guys familiar with the Brimley line, right? Line? Oh, the, yeah. With well, the, we the, brought the, it up. The on computer, the yeah. yeah. Yeah, we bring it up all time. So the Brimley line is uh, 18,530 days, and Matt Bayless apparently, according to my spreadsheet, <laughs> is 18,191 days old today. <laughs> Ooh, we should have a party. Sorry, that's about the nerdiest thing I've said in the last 10 minutes. But why? I don't think. Who's a nerd? Why what's a nerd? Who, what's a nerd? I was actually messaging I don't think nerds Greg back. I'm going to try to get Greg in this, uh, in this chat. Let's see what he says. Anyways. 339 days. That means probably right after the first of the year next year. Let's have Bale's a party. Let's make a big deal. <laughs> Sorry, you guys have all left me, apparently. No, 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 no. no we're we're here. I, uh, I'm a big fan of the Brimley line. Uh, we, hey, you know, I was just going to say, speaking of Wilford Brimley, like... <laughs> Diabetes? There's a, the, well, there, well, there's a lot of Purdue on this staff now, too. There is. Oh my God, that's yes. the Freeman. Yeah, that's the Freeman effect. <clears throat> like that start. I, a lot of big, lot of Big Ten, a lot of Big Ten. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not a bad it, thing. It could have been even more if they would have went uh, the Minnesota route on defensive coordinator. Yeah, well, I guess, I guess it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter because Al Golden yeah. is uh, Al Golden Penn State. went to Penn State. Yeah. So yeah, no matter how you slice it, there's a there's a lot more <laughs> Big Ten. Mm-hmm. We're gonna I, everyone's talking about the Mandela effect, but I think we're gonna have the Wolford Brimley effect, uh, <laughs> pretty much locked and sealed uh, on this podcast. Um, all right, I think that I think that basically covers the uh, the ins and outs of what's going down. There's not a whole lot of other stuff besides the coaching stuff, but I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I, I really am interested in seeing what gets what gets said today at the uh, at the press conferences. Um, not that you're not going to get just a shit ton of coach speak, uh, but and just you know reporters just like drooling over themselves because they get new people to talk to. Uh, but I, there might be some good stuff in there. Um, I always, I always like, like the takeaways that they, you know, Hey, this person's really well-spoken or this person really impressed me with what they said. Um, you know, kind of meeting these people and getting like a first glance. I, I felt like that, that happened during the Brandon Joseph, uh, Blake group groupie, uh, availability where they got a, like a first chance to meet those guys. And they were kind of like, Oh wow, this is, you know, this kid's got a real head on his shoulders, really well-spoken. Um, I always like Ralph hearing that. Won a lot of people over. 
Billy Shrouth won just about everybody over uh, too. Like, yeah, like Billy Shrouth is uh, is is on he's on Legend Watch. <laughs> that status, but he's on Legend Watch right now, just for the way uh, that he came off and and the words that he said and the way he came off. Uh, he's on Legend Watch. That's a that's a guy who who you know can be the can go down the Quentin Nelson path. You know, what I mean, he's he's got that kind of fuck you, I want to beat you up attitude. So we'll we'll see. But I I know you know everyone that interviewed him was pretty impressed with just his demeanor. That I I think uh, O'Malley compared him to like Michael Mayer. Like the way like the way Mayer comes off could be like seen as like stupidly cocky, like like '80s villain. He's got that '80s villain uh, look, anyways, with his with his handsome uh, square jaw and and blonde hair. But just his cockiness, you know, like his confidence is more or less what it is. But um, but it's all well, like it doesn't come off like terribly. Like it comes off like that's because he's fucking good. He's Michael Mayer, and I think that Billy Shrouth is is working his way towards, uh, towards that. It'd be a little different for a lineman, um, than a, uh, a first, future first round tight end guy, but same kind of, same concept. Pretty excited. Yeah. I'm a, uh, before we get, uh, move on here, I, I do want to say too, I'm, I find myself every spring, like a war within myself about spring football. Because I have railed against spring football for years and about how much it not that it doesn't matter, but just like how much I don't want to give a fuck or don't give a fuck because so much of it is just is smoke and mirrors. And it's true. And it's going to be smoke and mirrors this year, too, like it is every year in a lot of aspects. But with what, 12 guys, 12 early enrollees, um, locked up a new quarterback taking over there's a lot of things this spring to to really keep an eye on um and i'm i'm, I'm actually pretty excited to see kind of how that all starts to get pieced together are they going to break out the t formation uh is audrey castaway going to win the heisman this year or is this going to be a <laughs> step to a junior year heisman wow I don't know. yeah it'd be kind of yeah. hard with logan diggs winning it next year so no, 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 no. That, that's safe for for Mister Twenty One. There's, there's a Heisman <laughs> place uh, <laughs> set for my man uh, Lorenzo Styles. You're uh, soft by one. Uh, it's all good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you are just off by one. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, I'm pretty excited about this about this spring. Uh, I can honestly say for the first time in a while. Um, but, and, and also, cause I'm kind of getting, I'm kind of under the impression, and this is just a observation, not so much like no inside info or anything like that on it, that we're going to, that there's going to be quite a bit of access involved, um, this spring. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm completely off base there, but I, I really think Marcus Freeman is going to try to use, the considerable platform that Notre Dame has to use, uh, you know, spring football as, as, as the side part of it being as a, 
a, a megaphone and a, and a billboard for the program, like to help build recruiting momentum up. And one of the better ways to do that is to kind of open things up a little bit. Um, now, Jude, you, I know you're already thinking this is still Notre Dame. They're still going to control every narrative uh, <laughs> possible. And you're absolutely correct on that. I don't doubt that one bit, but I do think that um, now with um, some of the COVID restrictions going away just a little bit and new coach, we've already seen a more of an openness from Freeman than we have with Kelly. Uh, I think we're going to get a little bit more of the spring. So that's exciting. It's also exciting if they don't, if it's like a completely closed shop and then to listen to everybody else's podcasts and articles uh, bitching about <laughs> the lack of access. I look forward to that too, if that happens, just because I just just find that funny. Um, but that's just me. Um, all right. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, Brendan's got some receipts. We got <laughs> we have got to finish before we move on to street football, we gotta finish the 2021 season. And before each season, we have our predictions for things. We have still have not yet uh, called ourselves out on our predictions. So we're going to do that right when we get back from this break. All right. Well, like I said, Brendan, you got the receipts. I do. Um, so for those of you who remember, we did a uh, one foot down podcast preseason prediction contest, which remember extended, which extended across multi podcast platforms. Yeah, I believe uh, our buddies at uh, Single High did one as well, right? They they did they, they did the exact same list with special guest Ashton Pollard that night. They did with Ashton was involved. That's right. So. Uh, do you boys want to know the results of this? Now, do you want me to tell you who won, or do we want to go by? Do we want to go line by line? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's start. Leave, yeah, let's let's leave people wanting won. it. The answer. Oh, okay. Oh no, oh, no. Either or. Either or. All right, we'll, uh, we'll we'll leave it. We'll... There's a lot of red on here. Yeah. There's a lot of red. There's a lot. There's a lot of wrong guesses. There's a lot of a lot of red on this on this spreadsheet. At the top, it uh, sort of in the middle, it gets a little bit better. Um, so it was broken down into a couple of categories. There was kind of a who, which, over, under, does, and then a pick. So we'll start with the who's. And the question was asked, who would lead Notre Dame in receiving yards? Um, Josh, do you remember who you picked? Uh, I did. Yeah, I picked uh, Mr. Kevin Austin. I also said... Look out for Avery Davis. That's right. And who was who was doing his little bit of a thing before he yep. went uh, went down. And I cannot believe I'm the only one that took Kevin Austin in this. Um, well, here's here's what I remember. Austin had some lengthy injury history. Yeah. And I was very bearish on Austin when we recorded this podcast. In fact, I think that. Um, that Ashton and I bonded over the fact that we both thought that uh, there's no way Austin would play all 12 games because it just did, he couldn't have proved he had proved it yet. So I, think, I believe I she think, thought he was a ghost and didn't yeah. actually well, exist. So yeah. some would say that he may not have played in the Purdue game. <laughs> <laughs> he was out there. He was uh, out there. Might have said that. But like a ghost, 
mostly just uh, presence only, no actual uh, touching of any footballs, at least. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Austin ended up leading the team in receiving yards. Jude, um, you you yeah. Avery Davis? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if Avery Davis hadn't got hurt, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I was, I thought that was a solid pick. I mean, by Jude. Yeah. I like, look, I didn't see Joe Wilkins. I, I guess that's something, right? <laughs> yeah. And unlike Kevin Austin, I mean, if this contest was about showing up in the Purdue game, uh, Avery Davis sure showed up in that game, right? He sure did. I don't um, think Michael Mayer was a bad pick by you. By no, he, he ended up finishing second on the team. Yeah. He was only uh, he was only 48 yards behind uh, Although, Kevin Austin. Brendan, was it the Toledo or or the Cincinnati game? It was a Toledo game where Avery Davis dropped that. Oh, no, I guess that was Lindsay, wasn't it? That dropped yeah. the deep bomb. Yeah. Right off of, yeah. And Michael Mayer didn't play against Vautech, right? Because he got hurt against Cincinnati. And right. he only finished 48 yards behind. And, I mean, it was coming down to it with the Fiesta Bowl. I was looking at the sheet, and uh, Fiesta Bowl was it, was it was it was touch and go going in there. I think there was only, like, 10 yards that separated him going into that game. But uh, yeah, Kevin Austin. So that that puts a point in the the old feather in the cap for Josh. Uh, receiving. I'll, I'll take that. That's, that's two years in a row for receivers. So the other thing I'll say is Javon McKinley, Kevin one Austin. Of yeah. I re- one of the things I remember about this was we were getting daily practice clips of Jack Cohn throwing like thirty yard bombs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brain Lindsay down the sideline or whatever. Sure got <laughs> so that, so when we get into the whole, like, who will have more, will there be more passing touchdowns or 40 yard plays? Like, I think we were all like very, we had bought into the, I mean, as Josh mm-hmm. has just kind of mentioned, like sometimes you can really just buy into the hype. Um, the state media was certainly pushing a narrative that, yeah, they up. were definitely pushing a narrative that was not true. <laughs> it was not true we at were, all. Wait, I, state media where pushing do, where a narrative we, that's not true. Get out of yeah. here, man. Where do we fall in with the state media? Oh, we're always skeptical. Yeah, I think we 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 took it with a grain. And I think we even call the the fact that you call it the state media brings skepticism to the party. Right. (laughs) Well, I mean, it is what it is. We are the bourgeoisie, aren't we? Uh, I have that attitude. (laughs) No, we're the proletariat. Wait, which one are we? We're the proletariat, right? Working class? I'm work. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out my uh, Animal Farm references here. Well, the, are we the, the pigs? Are, are, are two legs good or bad? Um, right, keep going. I, be- I actually believe we were the kulaks, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, the ones that the 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 commies all killed. <laughs> oh, so I'm Zar Nicholas. So I'm Zar Nicholas now. Yeah, we were the commies that dared. We were the peasants that dared to own their own farm. Uh, so they killed. So where them. the fuck is Rasputin then? That's Rasputin. Oh, I was gonna say Rasputin's uh, taking his talents to Baton Rouge. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right. Uh, next category, <laughs> the second uh, one. Yeah. So, who scored the first touchdown of the season? We were all wrong. Uh, <laughs> Josh and I picked Kyron and Jude took Tyree. And it was, in fact, Michael Mayer who scored the first touchdown of the season. 
which just seems so obvious now. Tight end touchdown. That was a sweet. That was a sweet ass pass too, and I was yes, so psyched was. about that. I was like, oh, we're gonna put forty on these guys, which we I did. Mean, we did. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was gonna be like in a quarter and a half, not say in overtime. My last second field goal. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> Uh, I guess more interesting is uh, who leads the team in touchdowns. Um, and this one was pretty fun, right? Uh, I mean, my guy set a new record for tight ends for both touchdowns. You, which was, which seemed almost unbreakable, yet always with able to be broken. Like, yeah, it was like six, right? The old it's so record. low, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kyron had 17. There's a few more. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it was something, especially for Kyron, that um, it really picked up around the midway point of the season, right? I mean, he was he was putting two touchdowns oh, yeah. on the board oh, yeah. just about every game after uh, Vata. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to tip a, a future thing here, but I think it's funny that in the who leads the team in touchdowns, I went with Michael Mayer. Meyer and which is more Michael Meyer, 20 yard receptions or Kyron 20 yard carries. I went with Kyron Williams. Yeah. You weren't playing the game. I was, <laughs> I was not, <laughs> I'm not caught doing in the right. moment. Not doing that right. It, it was, a, it was the game that Brendan and I played well. Yeah. I, I think the next one's the most surprising of all of them, because if you had told me uh, who led the team in tackles in August, was J.D. Bertrand, I would have slapped you in your face. And said, I would have punched yeah. you punched you, I, and just, not stopped. Because you guys went with uh, Drew White, right? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. 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 And, and it seemed like the smart part. And I took sweet baby Kyle. Which made his, sense because Kyle was, what, second in the team in tackles the year prior? Yeah, second last year in uh, yeah. 2020. And when he went down... I believe he was second or second on the team in tackles when he went down. Oh, he led the team in 2020. No, I'm talking about in 2021. Yeah, 2021. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was. I think uh, um, Hamilton was second on the team in tackles uh, going into the USC game. I could be wrong about that, but he was he was high up there, and it it wasn't like anyone was really pulling away um, at that point either. And then, oof, yeah. So, yeah, JD. And was old JD. It was old JD Bertrand. Now that'll be a fun, uh, which is a returning trivia question. He's, I was gonna say, JD no Bertrand way. Is going to be returning. JD Bertrand is going to be your returning leading tackler. Led the team in tackles last year, and yet Might may not starting have a, may not have a starting visit job uh, come fall. That's in, that's pretty wild, but yeah, his his the fact that he returns with all those tackles, fucking Bill Conley's gonna eat that shit up. Hey man, Phil Steele. Now I, yeah, returning production. Um, yeah. Now I gotta ask Josh about this next one. So who leads the team in sacks? Josh, explain yourself. Why Jude I and I picked MTA? Isaiah Foskey. Yeah, Jude and I took Isaiah Foskey, and you right. took MTA. <clears throat> So didn't didn't lead the team in sacks. It was a tied with Heinish. If I if I remember my decision then number one I I, I kind of wanted to be a little bit different there and I felt Foskey felt 
felt too chalk. Yeah. And what I liked about MTA was he just kept flashing on on every clip. And not only that, but he his body was so different than <clears throat> years past that I literally remember one time grabbing the roster to look up who 95 was. Oh, in the spring game? Yeah, it was just it was the just the strangest thing. Like what the what the fuck? And so I just thought, all right, if if it's not going to be if if I don't believe it's going to be chalk with Foskey, could there be could there be a guy just steps up and that's like a story thing? And I thought MTA, it didn't happen. And you know Foskey had a had a great season. Glad he's coming back for another one. Um, and that yeah that was my decision. That was why I did that. It was wrong. MTA is sort of like picking the number nine seed to beat the overall number one ranked seed in, in the March Madness tournament. Like you, some people are definitely going to do it, but you probably should just go with the number one overall seed. That might be, that still might be a little kind. I mean, it's not 16 one, but it's, Oh, it's definitely not 16 one. It's, but it, it was more, it was more it was, like a, you were hoping like for a, three, a dunk like city. A 14, three. You were hoping for a dunk city over Michigan state. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that was it. Like I said, I, 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 I was just mesmerized at MTA's body transformation. And I just thought, if it's not going to be Foskey, if I don't, if I think it won't go chalk here, who's the next guy? And even then, it, Justin Amiola would have been a, a fine selection. Yeah. MTA. So, whatever. I'm just, just curious. Uh, here's one that breaks everyone's hearts. Um, I don't think anyone's happy with the results of this particular one. No. Who scores more touchdowns, Kyle Hamilton or Audric Estime? Um, cue up the um, the womp womp sound effect. As neither one, neither one scored a touchdown. If we had some fucking balls, Estime would have got that. You think? Uh, you think Brian Kelly held him back? Who's just uh, afraid to, to unleash him? Uh, I know so. I was there for the Georgia Tech game. And didn't that, didn't that end inside the five? Yeah. Yeah, they could have put another one up there for sure. Yeah, that should have been that should have been an estimated touchdown. And he deserved it that day because he was a wrecking ball. Well, he'll get, uh, he'll get one next uh, next year during his Heisman run, and it'll be all the sweeter. Uh, it, well, it's his it's his prelude to the Heisman. Oh, so twenty twenty three is his Heisman year. Okay. Yeah. yeah, for a power back, you need a you need a prelude season. Yeah, to get that uh, sort of Ron Dane effect going, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie Lacy, well, Lacy didn't win it, but I mean, you get the thing. You need that. Got to build up there. Um, <laughs> this one. Who leads the Irish? And this one cracks me up. Um, because Josh picked Kevin Dawson to lead the uh, the team in receiving well, in yards. yards. In yards. Yeah. So who leads the Irish wide receivers in catches, Kevin Austin or the field? And we all took the field. We all looked dumb. Yeah, very dumb. Well, what was the breakdown here? Do you, do you remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got it right here. Um, okay. So Kevin Austin had 48. Okay. Avery Davis had 27. Brayden Lindsay had 32. Uh, Zoe had 24 and then Colsey had four Wilkins had four and Salerno had one. So the closest guy to Austin was 16 less, 16 fewer than Austin. Yeah. And it was Lindsay. Yeah. Okay. 
Wow. I really thought Dave. I mean, Lindsey probably had his hand on 16 balls, so. Oof. So does Kevin Austin. Too soon. Yeah. Oh, now, now here's our favorite one coming up, right? Yeah. Who He's leads in the interception? You know what? It's only because he got hurt. Who leads the uh, uh, who leads <laughs> in interceptions? Kyle Hamilton versus the combined field. It um, is only because he got hurt. Because he would have had so many interceptions. Uh, How many did the combined field have? That that the rest of the that some of the guys got after he went down. How many? Did yeah, the combined still, field did. Uh, the combined field at 12. Okay. And how many did Kyle have? Uh, he had three. Okay. He could have easily and how many had did, an how additional. How many did the combined field have after the USC game? Uh, after the USC game, they had, uh, well, they had one after he went out in USC. So two, okay. four, five. Five. Okay. And what's 12 minus five? No, Jude, because you're assuming that the balls that other people intercepted Kyle Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton would have intercepted passes against other balls. Sam Howell. He would have intercepted passes against yeah, he would have, he would have intercepted backup other McGee, balls. backup McGee against Virginia. I just, my only, my only backup real, McGee re- against Georgia my only Tech. real regret of not watching Kyle Hamilton next year is not having this bet to win again for a third consecutive year against you. Guys. When he sets the rookie single season record for interceptions next Go, season. Let's NFL. do it. Let's make it a prop bet. Who has more interceptions, Kyle Hamilton in the NFL or Irish defensive backs? Well, that's unfair because now there's an additional player for Irish defensive backs to make interceptions. All right. Irish defensive right. backs minus the top person with fair interceptions. Um. So do well do so if we let's get ab- to that let's get to that in August. yeah we'll get to that next yeah <laughs> write that down write that down move <laughs> Brandon <laughs> Joseph write that down write the field minus Brandon Joseph and uh, we'll we'll cook um now remember Brandon Joseph says him and Kyle Hamilton are the two best safeties in the country yeah I'd like to see him back that up I would, would be, I would it would be very good I would like that as well um who leads uh who does Notre Dame score the most points against. Um. Yeah, we didn't get it. It was Georgia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which Josh, seems you, so obvious now. It does seem obvious now. Um, you guys can. You, we'll get a dunk on the next one on me. I was gonna say <laughs> we get to dunk on Brendan in the next one. So. I get dunked on pretty hard. For the Look, next. I picked Toledo. That was that was not a great pick. Um, yeah, but in you know, in hindsight, it wasn't. But I mean, it was a Mac school. Yeah. So. Yeah. Home game, Mac school. I, USC should have been vicious. There, there was no way that was actually going to pan out. But that was great. I was hoping for it. I wanted to will it. Maybe it's a maybe it's a coin flip because that could be a tw- you know a twenty eight point game or a you know a fifty five point game pretty pretty easily. You know, what I mean, like you don't know what you're walking into when you're playing Navy. Maybe you. Maybe you just play a, a weird mud game, or you just blow them the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um. So who scores the most? Who scores the most points against Notre Dame? Josh, um, congratulations, man. Josh, you got that one. Flo and I remember his reasoning too, because he was like, "Opening game, new defensive coordinator. Like you definitely like you you definitely figured it out. You nailed that one. Oh, I did." I just thought that was the one that they were going to get there. If someone was going to get us got 
And I thought we were, remember, I was screaming, show me the loss for the season. I, I, I bought into the Sam Howell hype. So I thought that thing was going to be a shootout. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I bought into the Sam Howell hype after. Yeah. That's, that's my funny. boy now. Sam Howell's my boy. Yeah. And Brendan, uh, who did you go with on, the, on this one? Well, uh, so funny thing. <laughs> um, I picked Georgia Tech. He really likes an Alabama running back. Uh, you it know, wasn't fewest points, Sims, It was most uh, points. <laughs> Sims and Gibbs. I, I really thought. How many points did Georgia Tech end up scoring, though? I said uh, that they big, score the most. Big fat zero. Uh, Oh, <laughs> big fat zero. Are you saying every other team Notre Dame played scored more points? Yeah. Literally, <laughs> the worst conceivable pick that you could make. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> uh. Oh, yeah. That was not a great pick. Maybe the worst pick on this whole list. I don't think it's a make. It's unquestionably the worst pick on this whole list. Uh, uh. It's. Worse than uh, worse than MTA. I like it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely worse than MTA. So so far, Josh has got three right. Jude's got two, and I've got two. So Josh is in the lead. Hooray! That's who the who's. Um, you know hieroglyphics. Who? Um, so now we go to which. Which is more, Michael Mayer twenty yard receptions or Kyron twenty yard carries? Uh, which Jude had mentioned before. Um, <laughs> Mayer ended up with more 20-yard receptions than Kyron had 20-yard carries. It uh, it was a pain to pull this one because they um, I had to actually go through and look up all the long runs because of the way that uh, CFB stats pulls it is they go by 20 for I, I believe rushing is rushes of 20 yards or more. And um, receiving is 25 yards or more. So I had to look at all of uh, Mayer's 20, you know, all of Mayer's long pass plays. You have a 22-yarder in there. You got to get that, yeah. Yeah, that was a pain. Um, but yeah, Mayer ended up with more 20-yard receptions. And that's good. Mayer's a beast, right? Yeah. Yeah. I- <sighs> Mistakes What's were the made. With that? Mistakes, mistakes were made. Mistakes I, were speaking that, of mistakes being guys. made, how about how about the ne- how about the next one? Uh, which is more, thirty yard, thirty plus yard passes allowed or thirty yard plus passes made? I See, blame Josh Kyle Hamilton. Of, no, you brought it in the I, state. You played it in the state ran run media. That's what happened with you. I, no, I blame Kyle Hamilton. Okay, that's my thirty yard passing stopper, and also Clarence Lewis. <laughs> my ra- I think I had pretty solid um rationale for it in that I said that uh just based off of Freeman's defense that they were going to give up more long passing plays um you and they ended up the, uh, on island yeah and Notre Dame ended up giving up 15 uh you know or they ended up uh yeah so it wasn't it wasn't great I agree, Bob. Um, next one. Games the Irish score 40 plus or games the Irish give up 20 plus. Yeah, uh, so I stood I stood alone on this one. I remember arguing with you guys about this one. Yeah, yeah, you were you were right in the end. <laughs> um 
I don't what think was the, that it was, what was the final breakdown on this one. Um, so Notre Dame ended up, oh, let me pull that up. Uh, Going over 40 in Florida state, Georgia tech, uh, Wisconsin, right. Went over 40 yeah, there. Five, uh, yeah. one, two, three, four, five. Um, and then they ended up giving uh, more than 20 plus one, two, uh, three, four, five, six. So not, not terrible. Not, 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 not bad. Not bad. Not terrible. That's a um, good prop bet right there. When you get a six, five still like to see it in reverse, but yeah, you know, <laughs> if they would have made some adjustments in the second half against Oklahoma state, uh, maybe that's not the case. <laughs> Or less adjustments, maybe. I don't know. Who knows what happened? Yeah. Or maybe they shouldn't have given up 29 to Toledo. That's suboptimal. That, that would have been helpful. <laughs> you wouldn't see Brendan and I squirming in our seats for fucking three hours. Oh, I did. It's up on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can definitely watch us squirm in our seats for a uh, very, very uncomfortable time. Uh, so the next one was which was more um, passing touchdowns or rushing touchdowns, and you boys went with rushing touchdowns, and I went with uh, passing touchdowns. As I'm it was pissed a, that you got away with buying the state-run media on this one. I was gonna say, yeah, state-run media really helped you on this one. Yeah, you know, I just uh, I really believed in Jack Cohn. I've never doubted him for a second. Um, I also think that probably it was uh, advantageous for me just the way that the Oklahoma State game broke out. I think the five the five touchdowns there was was a boon. I don't think it was a you know, huge difference, um, but uh, you know the the, off, the the running game at zero, so that that was good. Um, so, How are you doing like a Jude category here? Like he really fucking hit hard on these, these over unders. So now, yeah, now we're at. Uh, oh no, you I've, did, Brendan. That yeah, was, I've, I've taken the you lead. to hit hard. I've taken the lead. Uh, I went three and four in the last one, so it's five me, and then you guys are tied at four. And now the over under. Uh, over under points per game thirty three point four. We all took the over. We all knew the offense was gonna was going to get it done. Um, the greatest over-under I've ever set, over-under <laughs> points per game allowed, 19.7. Uh, yeah, I can't. This is insane. Which is phenomenal because uh, what was our points per game allowed uh, on the season? 19.7. 19.7. You, could, you couldn't run that out to two decimal places and see what happens? So uh, <laughs> that one's a... <laughs> Yeah, if it's nineteen point seven one, we we yeah, then I should then the over should hit the over. You know what? I'll take I'll take a look at that. Uh, let me okay. pull up my calculator here. <laughs> Appreciate that. No, 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 no. <laughs> we we right. used one decimal spot divided by we used just that. Nineteen point six nine two. Oh, <laughs> 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 for Brendan and I. <laughs> Shouldn't have asked. Shouldn't have asked. Big, big win. Uh, I will adjust that now. <laughs> Thanks, Jude. You're very welcome. Oh, that's just. Uh, I literally had 
almost a full decimal place to get anything between 19.71 and 19.79 was mine. And you guys had 19.65. That was it. That was it. Yeah. That was the only chance we had. Um, <laughs> uh, over under Jack Cone touchdown interception ratio four to one. Um, you guys Why took the over. over on this. And then I took the under, and it was three point five to one. I mean, it was close. What was it? Was his previous coming into this four to one or better? I, I don't remember what swayed me on this, but four to one is a lot. Four to one is a lot, but I mean, I think I think I said it based off of that. So in two thousand and nineteen, he was eighteen and five. So okay, that, yeah, that's yeah. under. So less than four to one. Yeah. I, I can remember that conversation a little bit being around that way. It's like Ugh. I think I used. Like, me- Ian, I think Jude and I's, I think our thinking was that it could be just a wee bit better than Wisconsin in the sense that there was more more available touchdowns. Through the I year. blame state-run media. Because Ian Book was 5-1 to one in 2020. And, yeah, uh, yeah he was uh, 5.6 to 1. Brendan was full-on... Jack Cone is a jag, so of course he takes the under hair and hits. <laughs> yes, of course I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, over under fumbles by running backs one point five, and that was over. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think Kyron alone. Hey, I saw I saw an interesting stat about McCullough that I don't remember. But, it, <laughs> <laughs> but let me try to repeat it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to try to repeat it. Other than it, I think his running backs. Hold on to their hold on to the ball really well. He's got they have a low fumble rate. Kenny also whatever recruit. that rate. I don't <laughs> think you can recruit and it's not fumbling at the same time. But Will you be like sending we, we, Bible verses to recruits? Yes, I hope. I hope. But only Old Testament. <laughs> Strictly Exodus. <laughs> the fire and brimstone you the better. Yeah, yeah. All right, what's the next Zeke one? Here? Why is this? Why is he? Why does this book keep getting sent? Just <laughs> <laughs> when it starts pulling out the apocrypha. So over on this uh-huh. one, I don't know. We over under team. Why I was so down on the rush game? Over under on uh, team yards per rush at five. Josh took the well, over. You guys were, you guys were down because it was just a it was a mark that even on our better years, wasn't like the easy, easy eclipse mark. Like it was still a struggle. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just had a, I think I had a greater faith in Kyron. And it, I guess in retrospect too, like I didn't think the line was going to suck ass for the first four games. Uh, yeah. I think we were pretty hyped, hyped about Key Madden, right? I think so. Yeah. Hyped is a hyped is a loose word. They finished we four point one four. Play well. Uh, the year before was the only year since uh, seventeen they finished above five, and in twenty twenty they were five oh two. Yeah. So. Right, and that that was why you guys took the the under the under, that, which was I mean smart move, smart. Uh, over under the number of games the Irish trailed at the half. 2.5. We all took the under and Notre Dame hit the under. I believe the only games they trailed at half was um, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. 
That was it. That sucked. Yeah, sure did. Just bottom yeah. 17 points to get there. That's too. so funny because 2.4 seems high, but only probably in retrospect. I bet you we really hadn't been hot about 2.5. Because you know, I think I, I think 2.5 is going to be a great line for next year. Uh, I'll take the uh, take the over I'll on that. I'll take the over on that one. So yeah. maybe, what would you say if it was 3.5? Uh, I take the yes. under. Yeah, see? I think yeah, that's it's going to settle right there, right about there, right? Anyways. So, uh, over under leading uh, over under receptions by the leading receiver 55.5. I didn't say wide receiver. And Michael Mayer caught is a receiver and he caught 71. Uh, we made that distinction. I remember I remember us talking about that distinction. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna so. check the tape on that one. Um, well, because I, uh, you know, no, I remember us talking about it. Did we? Did we include Meyer on that? Because okay. we, because in the, um, there was another category too where we made the distinction of Mayer as a tight end, not as a receiver. Yeah, because I always I make it a point to say uh, receive. I make a point to do wide receiver when it's wide receiver specific ones. Like um, who leads the Irish wide receivers and catches Kevin Austin of the field to exclude um, Michael Mayer in that instance. Because, I mean, Michael Mayer ended up leaving the team in receptions. So that was a big wide sweep from Brendan, then. Yeah, I went, I was perfect on that one. Um, all right. With that 19.69. Thank you, Jude. Yeah. Uh, nice. Nice. On the over under. Uh, so this was the easiest question of the whole thing. And I feel like an idiot for even putting it on there because it was a dumb question. Uh, <laughs> does the five guys who start on the offensive line finish the season together? And I believe <laughs> no. I put in the results no. column, LOL. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, Would it take a half to figure this one out? Yeah, yeah. It did. Blake Fisher went down in the uh, half, so uh, then he came back in the end. So <laughs> the starting Just five on the other side. The, yeah, the, the, the starting five at the end of the season was uh, not the starting five who started together at all at any point in the season. Freshman All American left tackle Joe Alt was playing tight end for a little while. Yeah. Well, him in line. It's wild. Uh, it's just a wild, wild time to be alive. Does Kevin Austin play 12 games? Josh said Tough. yes. Jude and I didn't believe it. And we were wrong. Uh, Sorry, Kevin. Did he did the thing. Yeah. This is uh, this one's near and dear to, to Josh's heart. Does Audric Estime finish with more carries than Sebo Femlister? Oh, I had this, this in the bag for so for long. Me. Had this in the bag for so long. For like 10 games, I had this in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> You're just waiting for that one time Sebo Sebo's brought out into the field. Just I mean, three car- he had three carries the USC game, and I thought it was a lock. I'm pretty sure Sebo Flemister had about as many carries this season as he had appearances on the sidelines and street clothes. Mm. Right? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, still on the roster, Sebo Flemister. Yeah, yeah. Surprise. <laughs> So we can play wide. Well, we, could, we can get that another time, but I mean, that's a, 
That's different. Uh, does I, Notre Dame, I mean, I thought he was gone by end of September. So I thought so too. Yeah. Once he wasn't getting on the field until basically yeah. the USC game. Yeah. Um, does Notre Dame wear green? And if so, against two, we all thought they'd wear green. Josh said Georgia Tech. Jude said Wisconsin. And I said Georgia Tech. Which is such a dumb, dumb pick Wisconsin because I, I if I had thought about it for five seconds I would have realized they were going to recycle those jerseys yeah, yeah you knew yeah but maybe it would have been like a Green Bay Packers green well we we, we, all, well, we, we did say said, though see the thing is I, we did I just, say any, any bit of green yeah we did say yeah. any bit of green so oh, even if there was like a, a special towel or what yeah, we any accent green we thought we said it was going to count a green and it still did not no but it was. I think it was dumb that they didn't try to buy against. I mean, does, Kelly, this isn't gonna, Kelly this makes isn't, no sense. This isn't going to stand under Marcus Freeman, right? They're going to wear green under Marcus Freeman with not like regularity, but annually, right? I don't, I don't know. know. What, is, what is I, the hell does Marcus Freeman care about green? That the kids love it. Just to freshen shit it? up. I think they just like to do different shit. I think it's like variety. I think Marcus Freeman wants to wear black against BYU in Las Vegas. I hope so. If he doesn't that would do, be so awful. If they don't, no, 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 no. If they don't do all gold everything, all gold for everything, Vegas, yeah. I'm gonna no, but lose if, it. But, but Josh, if they do black, all black, and then the tagline for the game is "Bet on Black." I, listen, oh no, God, listen, listen, no, but just. All black, which is the I know. The I know there is a, a very large group of Notre Dame fans that are just foaming at the mouth for black. I am 43 years old, and if you think that I don't remember games against Colorado in bowl games, you're fucking crazy. I just I can't I can't piece the black on Notre Dame and not instantly think, why are we trying to look like Colorado? And yet, you've advocated openly for camo. Absolutely. Yeah, why, Absolutely. why are we Why are we trying to look like we're going to sit in a deer stand name, for five name, hours? Name, <laughs> name me a team that wore Name me a team that wore camo in a bowl game and beat us. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> no, what? No, none of them. Okay. It was I, oddly it just, specific. <laughs> the, the the Colorado look. Well, the, I mean, that's my point about Colorado. Like I, I still have a healthy dislike of Colorado because of the Phantom Clip to this day. And so you, you put a black jersey on Notre Dame. That's all I'm thinking about is Colorado. It's so funny because I, I bet you forty percent or more of our podcast listeners probably weren't even. Born. Oh, I know it. Like I said, I understand that there is a large group of people out there that that's why that have no bearing on them. But for me. No, thank you. All gold, everything is right there in front of you. Just it take is, it. It would be good. I would be fine with all gold, everything, but I also would be very excited about a bet on black jersey. Listen, gold jersey, gold pants, gold helmet, green, money green letters. Wow. That's bright. That's Vegas, baby. That's Vegas. You could even do like some tassels. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Gold makes way more sense in keeping with the brand identity. Black doesn't make any sense, but I still do well, want to see it. Uh, I believe it's uh, UniWatch, uh, Black for the Sake of Black. 
Yeah. Yeah. Blackout. Yeah. There's there's never Notre Dame's never been black for the sake of black or gray for the sake of gray. Uh, Pot of gold. Gold out. Let's do it. And gold, not CFP. Like the old the old Lou Holtz hooker pants. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. That's that's the only thing that holds me back. You know, but I'll allow it. I'll allow it. You look, you look like everything. Jesse Span. You look like Jesse Spano out there, and you're. If it's all gold, everything, I will allow the gold hooker pants. I'm to, a maniac. To be back. Maniac. Uh, this all one right. I can't confirm if it is or is not true since I didn't see it on the broadcast. Uh, but does Drew Brees mention losing to Gary Godsey? He definitely did not. In fact, he did not. NBC went out he of its not. way to show a video of a game that they didn't even own the rights to. It was Drew Brees beating uh, Notre Dame at Purdue, <laughs> if I recall correctly, like an ABC game. This right? is why we can't. This is why we can't have these guys in the booth. Yeah, it's just that's such an obvious like shot across the bow at the OFT podcast. I'm pretty sure that's Fuck what you, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure that's what they did. That's my recollection, at least. They definitely did not mention Gary Goss, the Gary Gossett game. I mean, the only good thing for that broadcast was at least they showed the drum sitting on the corner <laughs> of the street. <laughs> so, um, it's time for the pick section. Uh, we really went all out on this one. <laughs> we did not do well. Uh, I mean, this, 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 this one's designed. This is the tougher well. one. This yeah, is the tough, this is the tough one. So pick the biggest yeah. trap game. Um, Josh, you said Purdue. Yes. Um, it was the first time they won a game handily. <laughs> uh, and I'll say what the, I'll say. You have Virginia Tech as a winner here. I think you're just. Uh, it was trappy, but what, what don't you think Toledo was the biggest trap game of the season? Um, I thought about Toledo. Um, I mean, listen, we needed the guy to. Here's here's why I didn't pick. All they had to do was not score a touchdown. Here's why I didn't pick Toledo as the trap game by trap game logic. Um, you weren't looking ahead to Purdue. Right. I mean, with with Vatek, you were looking ahead to USC. You were coming off the loss to Cincy uh, and Jude picked I mean, Vatek. So that, it's not like I'm a, giving that's myself. A, that's a good formula to, to 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 predict a trap game. But it's not a great formula to say what a trap game was like. They were obviously not prepared for Toledo and Brayden Lindsay even mentioned it in the post game. I mean, Jack like Cohn like, got Toledo. Jack Cohn got was the hook. So, right? Jack Cohn got the the hook in the Virginia Tech game. I mean, like, yeah, that was. They had to kick a last second field goal to win that one. I mean, and they, that, well, they, and I still they, think, and, and then, listen, that's on the road. Last second field goal to win. You're at home, and to win, you needed Toledo to. <laughs> To you need Quan Finn to not. You needed Quan Finn to to slide yeah, the one. Yeah. yeah. That, that that's much. Gonna be name Look, if you take it away from me, I'm still not gonna win. So. I, but I'm not gonna. I I don't want Brenda to take it away from you. I just want it to be known. Ah, uh, that's fine. 
I don't. I, still think, I don't agree. I think Virginia Tech I think is Toledo already answered. I can. I understand. Like, and this is one where I just like I thought about Toledo. I picked Virginia, which I don't think. I mean, Virginia obviously wasn't it. Um, but I, but I there's guess really like, only two choices. There was either Toledo or um, Botac. That was really it, right? Right. And you can have the conversation, too. Like, what's a trap game versus a letdown game? Is there a difference? Right. Right. The letdown local head sandwich, trap I'm, game. I'm not prepared to answer that. Body blow theory. That's, yep, that's body blow. Uh, biggest surprise on Notre Dame. I think I deserve a little bit of extra credit on the – or. Uh, I deserve a half point on this one. Uh, Tosh Baker? Uh, yeah, because I didn't think he'd be that not Bad. good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, my that's favorite gift of the entire my favorite gift of the entire season is Tosh Baker allowing the guy to crush his quarterback, force a fumble, and you see all you see is this mass of humanity running for his life <laughs> towards the fumble. Uh, to try to save his own ass. Obviously, he did not get there. I that was a big surprise to me that he was not ready ready to play FBS football. Um, I mean, Josh picked uh, Jordan Vitello, which is kind of the same. Jude Jude picked Vitello. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Jude picked Vitello. Um, that was so that was so disappointing. And I took Aaronsberger, who I don't think was disappointing, but I mean, he didn't, didn't surprise anyone. I mean, Joe Alt is, Joe Alt is definitely a correct. Yeah, Joe Alt's it. Yep, Joe Alt is yeah. it. Uh, the the next two, the next three are my favorite. Uh, so <laughs> pick your conference champion winners in the ACC, Big Twelve, SEC, Big Ten, and Pac Twelve. Uh, you guys can announce your own. <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll just go down, go left to right here. I took Clemson, uh, and it was Pitt. I took Oklahoma. It was Oklahoma State. I took Georgia. It was Alabama. I took Ohio State. And it was Michigan. Yep. I took USC, and it was Utah. I got all of them wrong. <laughs> yeah. I actually got two of them right. Who's the Big Ten champion? Uh, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. Right. So I got two of them. Right. So I picked Clemson as well. I, I look, none of us could have seen Pitt coming, so yeah. I'm not going to, no, no, no. None of us, that. none of us saw Clemson going. That's true. That's true. This is less, less, this is less, this is less a Pitt story and more of a yeah. coming. Uh, I also picked Oklahoma and I was in good company because both of you guys picked Oklahoma. I picked Ohio state and I mean, that was true almost until the end. I picked Utah. That was right. And I picked Alabama. Yeah. That was right. Yeah. So I got two right. I did uh, Clemson, OU, OSU, or TOSU, uh, Bama, which was right. And then Oregon, Oregon. Um, Who just gave away that conference? Just gave it away. Just pooped their pants. And I can't wait to see what Mario Cristobal does down in Miami. Uh, great coach there, Miami. Do we all oh, pick oh. the uh, the Heisman winner, right? Oh well, kind of. Um, so yeah, pick your three finalists to go to uh, New York City. I did not. Okay. I really like Josh's picks. Mine, mine are probably the best. Uh, <laughs> Rattler. Jude's a pretty good. Uh, JT Daniels. Yes. Uh, 
uh, national championship winning JT Daniels. Yeah, he won it, man. And, and uh, Kyron Williams. None of them got invited. Uh, uh, where, where's Spencer Rattler going to win his uh, first Heisman at? I don't think he's announced School. yet, has he? Oh, he, no, he, he has. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's got a big cock. Yeah, he's South Carolina, yeah. Yep. Uh, so I picked uh, DJ Ungalele. Ungalele. Who did not uh, reach out. Uh, Keaton Slovis is a great pick for next year. Uh, for Pitt. And, uh, yeah. and Kyle Hamilton. Well, I uh, I also picked Spencer Rattler. Uh, that was great. Um, I also picked uh, DJU, <laughs> uh, who didn't have a great season. Um, but I did. Full credit. Pick, I did pick uh, at Bryce Young. At least you got a finalist. I got a finalist, Bryce Young. That counts for something. And then the the three finalists were uh, Young. Um, I'm still not over the fact that they invited Aiden Hutchinson because it should have been Will Anderson. And then CJ Stroud. That is just such a diss. I mean, Will Anderson was the best defensive player in college football last year. And I'm not sure there's much of a debate. Is there? Is there a debate? Sure shouldn't be. No. Not if, I guess not if, if you so, watch the games. If someone tells me that somebody else other than Will Anderson was the best defensive player in college football last year, I'm going to punch you. Yeah. I will fight you physically. Because you have an agenda. If you see somebody on your team <laughs> is the one that you're rallying. For. And guess what? Will Anderson's going to be a junior next year. Yay. So sad. Oh, so sad. Well, it's a good thing Bryce Young's gone. At least we have that. He went as high as and he's out of there, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please, guys. Please. Hey, please. Clap. Hey, you know what? At least CJ Stroud isn't there. Yeah, he's gone. That's good. Wait. Look at his look at his Heisman run. Oh. Uh, yeah, but all his receivers are gone, and there's nobody good left on him, right? Mm. So. Do you happen to watch the Rose Bowl? I wonder. Um. No. No. What, what happened? I don't know. I didn't watch no. it. Uh, <laughs> so pick your playoff teams. Uh, we all did very well. <laughs> Actually, Josh did okay. Josh did really. Josh. Josh did okay. No, I didn't. Yeah, you picked Georgia and you picked Alabama. You got, I was gonna you say you got one, yeah. two, five. You got one, two, to five. Yeah. And then right. Ohio State Notre Dame was uh, rounding it out. Um, no. Jude got Alabama, uh, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma. Uh, the Thanks. Alabama was good. You guys got Oklahoma, State Oklahoma. Clemson. Good for you. I did not. I uh, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia was mine. That's the that Oklahoma hype train on the on the oh, OT podcast gosh. was strong in August. Dude, I was I was buying into Oklahoma. Did you see how much returning production they had? <laughs> it's a guarantee of success. A predictor of success. Oh my god. So in the end. Love had, you take is equal to love you make. Uh yes, yeah. Um, uh, congratulations, Brendan, for being the best prognosticator out of a bunch of a group of bad prognosticators. It was pretty good. I had well, 16. We still, Josh we, had 14. We still need a single high to show their numbers. We definitely need a single high recap. Calling out the single high, guys. 
Yeah, everybody should go. Because Frank uh, had some spicy go, stuff. Do you remember, like, I think he said Shane Simon was going to lead the team in tackles or something? Tackles, there was, yeah, yeah. There was a, there was no, a, wait, there a couple of spicy ones. Oh, maybe it was Ashton. That's, no, I think I think Frank and Ashton were both on Louisville. Oh, was it Louisville? Okay. And that was before he got injured, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. But everybody should go give uh, Single High Podcast five stars. And then in the reviews, Say, tell them to sh- t- tell them to to break out the receipts. To recap, yeah, recap yeah. The, the release audience. release the uh, preseason the tapes. cut. Yeah, release, release the tapes. The yeah. Release the tapes. I almost forgot about that one. Pre our, our pre COVID cry. Release the tapes. All right. Well, that was a. Uh, that was it. That was an adventure. We are we are now officially done with the 2021 uh, college football season. Yay! We we can move on. We can move on. All right, so let's wrap this up, Jude, my friend. What do you got left in the tank? Uh, so this is actually transitioning into one of my favorite seasons, which is uh, NFL Combine and NFL Draft season. I'm very excited about that. But uh, second place in my heart, although it's m- much more active right now, is the women's lacrosse team. So they uh, unfortunately lost to Michigan and uh, beat Central Michigan. So fired up, fired up them chips. So, I love how Jude publishes Notre Dame losing to Michigan and women's lacrosse during the middle of the Super Bowl. Yep, I literally it was the, it was the lone. I, I missed this. It was I the lone the- tweet from the OFD account. I missed the first two quarters of the Super Bowl because I was watching the women's lacrosse game. Uh, oh no! It was no. The, it was the only tweet from the One Foot Down account during the Super Bowl. Yep, nailed it. <laughs> there so. may like outside of friends and family. Can you think of anybody else other than Jude that was tuned into that game? Oh God, no. No disrespect. It was you know, it's funny, too, because it was um, Mike Monaco, who's a Notre Dame grad, who was on the call, and he's doing a great job. And I was, like, thinking, nobody's listening to this. Absolutely no one is listening to this. Um, yeah. But uh, John Harbaugh was at the game, so me and John Harbaugh had something in common. You should uh, you should drop Monaco a note and say, hey, man, I listened. <laughs> I watched. I watched. I mean, just, he, probably, I, just, he probably gets stats on that. Probably can get stats on that. So, like, I just want to let you know, I was there. I was there. I I was there from the beginning, and I was there till the end. Um, what else I was gonna say? There was one other thing that I was gonna say. Oh, um, I am extremely grateful that, um, despite all three of my family members testing positive for COVID nineteen, that they have all um recovered and that their symptoms were relatively mild. Um, whilst people didn't feel hundred percent, they are all now bounced back. One of my children is already back to school. The other one will be back later this week. Um, my wife is very happy about that. I do have no idea why I did not contract COVID-19 with it running rampant through my house. Um, but, uh, it's been a, it's been a really interesting situation. So thankful that, uh, we got our kids vaccinated and we got ourselves vaccinated and boosted because I think that really helped in terms of the, uh, um, the effects of the, of the disease. So, or the, yeah, the disease, I guess I would say. So, yeah. um, so just, uh, I'm pretty sure know. it's all the vitamin D that's in Red Bull, uh, flavor. <laughs> flavor. I don't know if there's vitamin, the vitamin D. In there. It was funny. There's by, a lot of, uh, go ahead. It's not a vitamin B, uh, B right? Yeah. These, B6 like, and B12. Yeah. And yeah. I had a ton of blood work done over the last like couple of weeks. Right. 
the one of the one red, red flags that went up, it said I was deficient in B vitamins. I'm like, right. how is that possible? I drink like four Red Bulls a day. <laughs> it's too funny. It's just yeah, being so, out. Uh, just being them out. My, uh, my oldest was talking shit about my youngest, and he's like, he's going to get co- – like this was maybe a week and a half ago. He's like, he's going to get COVID first. And I was like, oh, why is that? He goes, he's just dirty. He never washes his hands. He, he goes potty, and he doesn't like – he touches the toilet and he touches, you know, it's just like he's going through like this laundry list of like why this, you know, he's always he's always his mask is always dirty and sneezy and stuff. And I was like, yeah, he might be right. And uh, he got it last. So I guess the joke was on my oldest. Yeah. But. That's all. Uh, OK. Brendan, final thoughts. Uh, no, it's, uh, with 2021 in the books, uh, we're pivoting to 2022. Um, I, uh, I guess I'm just, there's no football anymore with the, with the Super Bowl being over. It's just, it's now all about mock drafts and mock draft season is the best. So I'm okay with mock draft season, but I'm going to burn out by March. So spring football cannot come, uh, soon enough. Uh, for for my for my sake and these these Notre Dame workout videos just they don't do it for me. I need to see no. football. I don't no, want to yeah. see guys the the, the hype videos of lifting and working out and running. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't get behind it. I can't get it's Oliver Stone conspiracy quick cut stuff is just it yeah, don't work for me. I don't want it. I want state run media clips of of bombs being thrown by Tyler Buckner to Lorenzo <laughs> Styles. Want it? I need it. Uh, I crave I, it. Yeah, yeah, coming coming off of a off of an RPO. Oh man, yeah, yeah, just set my world on fire. Uh, speaking of setting my world on fire, so if you're a reader one foot down, you've probably noticed over the last three four weeks that things have been a little strange, a little hit and miss on uh, number of articles going up each day and this and that. Uh, that's my bad uh, because because <laughs> there's a lot of things going on. Uh, uh, so not to expand on anything other than there's been a lot of shit going on and it's been hard for me to keep up. Uh, the least of which is actually a funny story. And so I'm going to tell you. So I do a lot of work at my other, at my, my night job, which means I have to push a lot of, I use a, a hotspot off my phone, like for 12 hours, <clears throat> never had any problems with, with, with that at all. Well, I was getting my son a, a downloading a video game on on his Switch, right? And for some reason, it was it was acting up. Was like someone was all crazy, wasn't really working with our Wi-Fi in the house. And I was just like, man, fuck this! I just threw it on my hotspot on my phone, downloaded this game. It took like six hours to download the game on the Switch. <laughs> I got two texts. I've never come like close. I have a ton of hotspot data to use. Never come close to touching it with all of our family. And we, we, we use it quite a bit. Just smoked right through it. And this is like second week of January. So I, was, so I got put in a crawl basically until yesterday. So now that my normal like heavy hitting times are available to me when I'm away from home to, to write and do these things, I'm back. I'm back. Uh, plus, you know, health things. He's back, baby. Daughter, daughter in a hospital. I'm getting electric. I was electrocuted today, like a, 
like a fucking science experiment for about 45 minutes. It was intense. It, I mean, I thought I was going to fucking melt from electricity. Uh, something about my legs. Uh, the good news is I am a Midwestern uh, genetic phenom. Uh, they told me I don't have any, <laughs> I don't have much feeling for hot or cold on my legs, uh, which makes sense. The ironic thing was I was actually wearing pants to the appointment today and not shorts. They're like, yeah, you. Uh, we really had to turn that juice up to get any uh, reaction. You don't have any. Uh, you don't have a whole lot of feeling there for hot and cold. I'm like, yeah, I could have. I could have just told you that. Instead, <laughs> jolting me loose. Uh, but anyways, hopefully things start getting back to normal uh, on the site. And one of those normal things is we are steamrolling our way towards March Madness. Uh, knock on wood, but it looks like Notre Dame's best recruiting class of the Mike Gray era is finally going to get in the NCAA tournament. Uh, we're sitting at number one in the AC, uh, top of the ACC right now with with Duke. Um, and they're in the top 25, right? Right, Josh? Right. They got some. They got Ooh. some votes. They got some votes. Number thirty-one. Thirty-one. Yeah. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Oh, thirty-two. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Seventeen votes. Or seven. We're, we're we're edging our way, and that that doesn't really matter much. Um, it's the net rankings that are concerning, which are still not great. Um, but it's more and more. It's looking like we're we're heading there. Uh, Notre Dame really needs to be like a like a six seed to like have a fair shot at making the sweet 16. Um, this eight, nine stuff probably just is not going to be not going to cut it. Um, but anyways, that's exciting news. Um, I am going to try to get together with Pat and have a bass. I tell him I'm going to have a basketball episode part two at some point here soon. Uh, we, even, we even had red Panda back in Notre Dame. I mean, th- things are nature is healing. Uh, and then Notre Dame hockey uh, just cannot get off the number 12 spot of pairwise. Uh, they keep splitting uh, series. They just split one with Wisconsin. Um, <clears throat> wild, weird first game. Uh, but anyways, but that's still they're still looking good to get in the Big Ten tournament um, and then uh, make the NCAA's top 16 of pairwise gets in. Uh, well, along with the automatic bid. So we'll see how the conference tournaments go, but. We'll see what happens there. So it's an exciting time, and we're covering it all, uh, along with uh, Mock Draft City. We'll keep an eye on it. Kyle Hamilton uh, and my boy uh, uh, Sam Howell both going to Detroit is uh, is just – that should happen. That would be fun. That would be fun. No, that would be terrible. (laughs) Why would you wish that upon Kyle Hamilton? Why would you do that? I just – because I want Kyle and Sam to be teammates. I want them to be friends. Well, wish them to be anywhere other than the Jets or the they're, Lions. They're, I, I don't think there's any other places for them to be friends at. Did you guys hear that uh, Kayvon Thibodeau doesn't want to get drafted by the Rams, even though he grew up a Rams fan because he doesn't want to play pace, um, California income tax? Oh, smart kid. Yeah. I, that's the first time I think the first time I can recall hearing somebody say, Please don't draft me because of the state you play football in. Welcome to the NIL era. Yeah, kids, they're getting educated. Yeah. They're a lot smarter now. A lot smarter now. Oh, uh, he's probably begging for. Well, Eli didn't. Eli didn't want to go to the um, 
Chargers, Chargers, right? Chargers. Yeah, Chargers, but yeah. It, I don't think that was taxing. That, that was tax organizational structure. Yeah, I wouldn't want to play for Conkey yeah. either because he's a scumbag. But <laughs> all right, so that's it for us. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll be back with another episode. I I think you should start looking to some off the rails episodes coming up here soon too. I think we're going to start getting into that uh, because uh, we're going to pump these downloads up. <laughs> Just a little inside baseball for you. But you no, I, I got some, if you have time, you should do a book club. I don't have time. I tried that. It did not work. I didn't. Okay. Finish, we didn't finish the book. <laughs> I'm still we'll working see, on my we'll book. See what it, I'm still very we'll slowly it, working. That Murray Sperber book is, is, uh, is quite dense. It's thick. It's, it's thick. quite dense. Yeah. It's thick. It's thick. It's a thick one. It's just like it's not really the reading part; it's the sitting down and talking about it. Yeah. Part that, yep. Like, did not it was sound the, like a moron. It was the episode. It was the episode where you recorded it and then had to delete it and come back and do it again that burned you. Because yeah. I think that was like the last one you did. I think I think you're probably right. I think you're right. Like it's like this. This is not worth it. The it's end. too bad because like, there's, there's a nice copy of No Excuses sitting on my bookshelf waiting for a book club. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a good. He didn't have any excuses. Though, and if right? uh, I mean, and, it, and if you want, we can do Return to Glory right after that too, because I've got a copy of that. As I well. mean, I'm still willing to do Bow Down to Willingham uh, about the uh, the demise of the Washington Huskies football program via Tyrone Willingham. So, yeah, which is an excellent book, by the way. Uh, all right. Okay. Let's get the hell. Out, let's get the hell out of here. Get get back to our things we got going on at night. For Jude and Brendan, for everybody at OFD, thanks for listening. And as always, go Irish. <laughs>